for myself, one of the most powerful parts about reflecting on these stories is, and doing it today, this morning with everyone, is the fact that this wasn't just our Mexico team's trip, the, the 160 plus who went on this trip. This was this entire body's trip um, from the prayer support, the financial support, and uh, even a couple of weeks ago being commissioned by you all and getting to come together and share this story now is just it, it blows my mind that we get to do this. And so I just want to thank you for um, opening this up for us. I also want to thank our students who, and leader who are about to come up. I'm going to invite them up now. You guys can come up. One leader and a couple students are going to come up to share their stories with us. I just want to thank them in advance, too. It, it takes a lot of boldness um, to get up here. And, yeah, they, they know the drill. Grab your stools. And it takes a lot of boldness, and I just want to honor them right now. So it's going to be sweet. I, I'm excited to, to hear these stories. And, Glenn, they're going to grab yours. You're, you get to sit right here in the honor spot. Um, I also forgot one thing. that um, When I said, hey, you know, find one of these shirts, the students and leaders actually didn't know I was going to say that. So if, they, if they're kind of like, don't ask, if, you, if they look like you, they don't want you to ask them a story, those are the ones you should go ask. Go ask them a story. There's plenty, there's plenty of the, uh, from this team who love sharing stories, so they might just, I mean, you might not even know them, they might come find you after this service and just start sharing a story. So, but let's keep the stories going after this, because God is doing amazing things. So I'm just going to have them, they're going to introduce themselves and share the story, whatever God has put on your heart, and I'm getting out of here. Hi, hi, church. Uh, my name is Glenn Wong. Um, so traditionally, if a leader goes um, to Mexico, they've got a highly technical skill like uh, Scott Tindall in construction. My highly technical skill is watching my three boys. Um, so I had I had the privilege of um, allowing my wife Jennifer Wong to um, lead um, uh, one of the one of the um, uh, the the women's rehab. Um, so, uh, so I can watch my three boys. And um, one of the things as a parent, uh, my experience was really looking at the lens of a parent um, and l- watching my three boys um, grow into what uh, God intends them to be. Um, and it's, it, it was heartwarming and it was challenging and it was touching. Um, uh, I would say two words that um, really helped define that was relationships and empowerment um, relationships when we did, went down to um, the women's rehab center was uh, our second year there so we already built up a relationship with pastor Geraldo and his wife Maya um, my wife's laughing at me because I mispronounced it <laughs> um, so uh, I want you to know that relationships it's never a conversation um, it's more than a conversation. It's praying for them and checking on them. Pastor Geraldo has uh, three boys, so there's a lot of um, connection there. Um, but uh, uh, two stories in particular is uh, my son, Ian, where uh, he actually uh, built up a relationship with his sweet boy named Fernando last year. And he longed for that relationship to see him again. Um, which was last, which was two weeks ago, to the point of we actually prayed for him through the year, and when he finally saw him, he embraced him. Um, and you can see this this boy Fernando, this beautiful boy, he is growing. Um, and on the last day of um, of the interaction, 
um, they hugged and, and, and Fernando was, was cheering and he was sad. Um, so what was sweet is that there was a relationship there that was built. And I, I broke down in tears and I hugged him and I told him that God loved him um, and that we'd be back. But the, the, the year-over-year relationship was very sweet. Um, my second story is uh, with a gentleman I met last year. His name is Omar. He's got a meth addiction, and he is, he is running from the law from the United States, and that's why he's in Mexico. Um, so the sweet thing was that we, we compared stories of sin, of how I sin and how he sins as well, and we reconciled that, um, that God loves us and that God sees the best in us. Um, and we, we, e- we each have a story, um, and it takes a conversation, and it, it, takes, um, it, it takes loving after one another and, and recognizing um, on what some of the challenges were. I'm kind of, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very sweet story of Omar. Um, but I guess in, in, in kind of closing, um, I, I, I want to, where, where, the, where the high school is from the Women's Rehab Center? You guys here? I know Toby's here not raising his hand. <laughs> but I, I, I particularly want to thank you guys uh, for loving on our three boys. Um, when, when we talk about going and being the church, when we talk about, um, at least from my perspective of a parent, when we dedicate a child and ask the, ask the congregation to, to, to pray and to, and to take care of the child uh, from, a, from a loving standpoint, um, I want you guys to know that, that what I saw you guys do to our three boys was amazing. Um, and it was a confirmation that you don't have to be an adult. Um, age, age breaks, it breaks the barrier of, of caring and, and praying for a child. And you guys cared for him. You went on prayer walks with our children when, when I wasn't there, when my wife wasn't there. You looked after him. Um, and, and I want to thank you guys for giving me that experience as a parent um, who, who is, a, is, a, is a father of a 9-year-old uh, or a 10-year-old, 8-year-old, and a 4-year-old. So thank you. Hello, hello. Um, my name is Noah Blumquist, and I'm a junior at Sequoia High School. And before this Mexico trip, I considered myself a Christian, and I read the Bible occasionally. But I didn't. I felt like there was something that was missing that I didn't really know what it was. And on the Mexico trip, I I felt like a lot of people's love, just from everybody. And on Monday at chapel, I, in Mexico, I prayed to God that he would show me his love through someone else and that he would show someone else his love through me. And then we went to our sites that day and we went on a prayer walk. And as we were like reflecting and just praying to God of what who he wanted us to pray for. Uh, he showed me a, like a pair of blue shoes and a hurting woman. And then after that, we walked down a couple stores, and there were like three pairs of blue shoes there. And then we went inside, and we 
asked a woman if she needed prayer for anything, if we could pray for her. And and she said that her um, mom was having surgery and that they were going through a hard time. And I got to pray for her. And it was really awesome. And God, God just showed me his love through through my love for another person. And then that night at the night chapel during the partner night, um, when we were worshiping, I just felt like convicted that I hadn't really been sharing God's love or just letting my life like be an example of his. And then, so I went down to the front and worshiped. And then, Wyatt came and prayed for me and just like said that God loved me, prayed a lot over me, and I just like started crying because I really felt his love in the Holy Spirit in that moment. And so I through that I learned that like that the thing I was missing it was it was it was right in front of me. It was God's love. Like if I, I just had to open my heart to him and let him be able to change my heart. So, yeah, then on Wednesday, we went to our site, and then Paul came to our site, and uh, he prayed for me, and it it was really awesome. Felt the whole, whole team's love around me. And then from that point, I felt more like free and more more like motivated to pray for people and not feeling like it was like something that I had to do as a Christian, but like something I wanted to do. And God like put that on my heart. And then I got baptized because I finally, I finally felt that I found God. Good morning. Um, my name is Veronica. I am a senior at Woodside Priory. Uh, I was at Toto Santos this year, and when I first got to the site, I felt very isolated for some reason. I had really wanted to be on the site. I was super excited, but when I got there, um, I just felt sort of isolated from the kids, from my team, and I asked God, I was like, make me useful here. Use me in someone. Um, allow me to feel like I have a purpose on this site. Um, And later that day, uh, there was only three of us on the playground. The rest of the people had gone to do construction at the house, and I was sitting on the bleachers with some kids, and there was this one little girl standing next to me, um, America, and what's her name? And some girls started talking at her, and I couldn't really understand what was saying, but I could tell that there was some tension um, arising. And all of a sudden... She starts weeping, the little girl, and I categorize there's crying, there's sobbing, and there's weeping, and she was just distraught, and she jumps up in my arms, and I had no idea what was going on. I couldn't understand what the girls had been saying to her, Um, so I walked to the church, and I had someone translate for me what was going on. She's just sobbing in my arms, and apparently the girls had been making fun of her. She wasn't able to go to school um, because she had to stay home and watch her siblings and uh, kids had just been viciously bullying her. And it kept going throughout the afternoon. I would sort of walk with her, but 
Um, I was walking with this man, Bob, who sort of runs camp. He's basically Jesus. He has a beard, long hair, and like rocks around and is Jesus. Like he's, yeah, so he was at the site that day. So I was like, perfect person to talk to. So we sort of walked around the site. I'm holding this girl. She will not stop crying. Um, we walked up to a little boy, and Bob was talking to him. He was like, do you know this girl? And he was like, yeah. And he asked the boy, do you treat her well? And the boy was like, absolutely not, and walks away. And so Bob's like, wow, like, something's going on. So we went, and we prayed over the house, and we talked to the little girl. And um, he noticed some marks on her face, and he asked him, like, what are, what are those scars? And she's like, oh, like, my brother scratches me in my sleep. And he translates that for me, and he's like, that's a lie. Like, those marks on her face are not from a child. Like, those are from an adult. Those, are, those aren't from a child. And I just was broken in that moment. And we continued to talk with her and pray over her. And um, it was just a very emotionally trying day because to watch someone be that distraught and to feel so hopeless in how you can help them. Like, yes, I can hold her. I can let her cry. And I can tell her she's loved. But the bullying just would continue throughout the day. And then we left, and the next day she was fine. She gave me one hug, and then she went on her way. And then the last day, um, right before we were about to leave, she jumps up in my arms, and she just starts sobbing. And we are crying and crying, and I'm looking at her, and I just see hopelessness in her eyes. And it was not, I'm crying because you're leaving. It was sobbing because now I'm alone. And she was just saying, like, no, no, like, I can't do this, like, I can't be here by myself, I can't keep going, and um, I just kept saying, like, God loves you, and she's like, I know this is the truth, and I was like, God loves you, and she's like, I know this is the truth, like, it's for dad, it's for dad, and I was like, <sighs> um, and so we drove away, and I look out the side window, and she's standing on the corner, her head just buried in her hands, and she drops to her knees, and is just sobbing, and I'm sitting in the car, can't do anything about this. Um, she gets up, and she runs away, and my first thought is, who is she running to? Um, she's talking like, my parents aren't home, my mom goes out, and it's just the kids, and um, I get home, sitting in school, first day, and I am a wreck, because I feel like I what did I leave? I gave her one hug, but it's so hard to feel like you are making a difference when you can't really change the struggles that these kids are going through on a daily basis. And last year, um, the verse Mark 5:34 stood out to me, and it's, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. And I write it on my wrist every morning at school. So that first day back, I wrote it on my wrist, and I was just thinking of her. I had the picture of her on my phone right next to me, and God just said, daughter, her faith will heal her. She will go in peace, and she will be free from her suffering. And every day I've written that, I've been writing it for her. And I think it's important for us to come back from Mexico and know that while we may not be able to change the life circumstances of these kids, um, and we may only be there for four days to hold them and love on them, that seed of hope and that seed of faith that we are able to plant in their hearts and then just the little knowledge of us repeating, God loves you, God loves you, you are loved, you are loved, and you are worthy of that, um, that will grow and that will allow them to be healed and allow them to go in peace and allow them to be free from their suffering. So that was what I...
Děkuji, Hello, church. I'm Wyatt Gilman. I'm 18 years old, and I'm a senior at uh, Sequoia High School. And this was my second year going to Mexico. This year, I went to Gabriel House, which is a uh, orphanage for uh, kids with disabilities, um, usually Down syndrome, cerebral palsy, or autism, or a combination um, of those. Um, and uh, going into this trip, I I have no experience with um, disabled kids, um, at least not very personally. I don't have any close friends. I don't have anyone in my family. So going into this trip, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen. And I expected it to be a, a little bit awkward, um, you know, getting in there and, you know, what am I supposed to do and uh, what can I do and what can't I do? How do I treat the kids? Um, and so we roll up in our van on the first day of the site, and um, I walk into the gate, and I don't even have time to look around before this girl comes, like, swooping by, grabs my hand, and we're jumping on the trampoline before I can blink. Um, and so there was absolutely no awkward tension. There wasn't um, any questions of what I should be doing. Um, and so it was a really great way to start the trip, um, and uh, it was just – it was super awesome. And so I'll just share some of the – snapshots uh, some of my favorite parts um, on that first day um, the main things we do at the site at Gabriel House is uh, play with the kids um, whether that be jumping on a trampoline throwing a ball back and forth even just holding the kids or um, feeding the kids um, their lunch because there's so many of them who can't who don't have good enough motor skills to feed themselves that you have to feed them um, and so the first day, I was feeding a kid named Victor. Um, Victor's older. I'm, I would guess he's in his late teens. He could be a little bit older than that. Um, and he can't feed himself. His, uh, his, he wears long sleeve shirts, and the end of his sleeves are tied off um, at the front, so he can't use his hands at all. Um, he's very low functioning, um, but he can still smile and he just seeing his face light up when you would talk to him would be really great. But I fed him the first day and, um, he, he just opens his mouth to feed him. And then he just, uh, chews with his mouth open, keeping most of the food from falling out. Um, and then when he wants more food, he just opens his mouth again and holds it until you put it back in. And it was the most calming experience I've ever had in my life. It was surreal. Um, I was feeding him, and I was just thinking I could do this all day. He was the slowest eater out of all the kids, um, and um, it was it was awesome. It was just this totally profound experience that I totally did not expect um, from this site. Um, probably the most impactful point of this trip was uh, this picture behind me. This is me with um, a kid named Javier. Javier is seven years old. He's very small. Um, he can't walk. He has to be in a wheelchair, and uh, and I, I held him in my arms um, during a little break, um, and uh, he, he grabs my finger, um, and because of his low motor skills, anything they do with their hands is a good sign. They're supposed to do that, and so he grabs my finger, and he just, like, moves it around back and forth, um, and the entire time, he just takes, like, these longer and longer blinks, and he drifts off to sleep. And he falls asleep, gripping my finger with his little tongue hanging out. 
and like he's got little slits in his eyes. His eyes are closed, but not all the way. Um, and and just seeing him fall asleep was so powerful. And then I fell asleep because I was totally exhausted. Um, um, and I'm sure everybody on my site was jealous because I got to hold the cutest kid and I was getting a nap. Um, and so that was a super powerful experience. But seeing um, this kid, I I realized I was I was jealous of Javier in a way um, because he had total trust in me. He could just grab my finger and and fall asleep. And I realized that's what I want with my relationship with God um, and how, I, you know, I have these problems in my life. And in the past, I've always been like, oh, I want these problems to go away. I hate this. I just want to end these. But I realized that how Javier does it is what I want to do, and I just want to curl up in God's arms and grab his finger and just fall asleep and and just cast my worries on him. And so that was something that was super powerful that I was taught by that. Um, Another uh, uh, really fun and powerful thing is there's there's a little kid who has Down syndrome. He's three years old, and we call him Usi. but he's the size of an 18th month year old, and he just gets around and tries to get in all the trouble he can. Um, and so you just kind of have to corral him and keep him from, you know, getting into trouble or and stuff like that. Um, and so on the last day um, at Gabriel House, it was raining, so we couldn't go outside, so we had to be inside for the entire day. And I was keeping Usi from, you know, bothering too many kids. Um, and uh, he goes into this room that I hadn't been into before. Um, and I stand outside the room not knowing if I should go in there or not. It's not really my place. Um, and I look inside, and there's this this girl. Um, I don't know her name. Uh, she has cerebral palsy, and she has um, lung problems. And she has phlegm in her lungs, and they have to use a hose to suck out the phlegm. And so they have to put the hose in her mouth and... And the girls gagging while they're doing this, and seeing that on the last day made me really nauseous. Um, and I just realized what these kids have to go through um, every day, and uh, and that was a really sobering experience for me. Um, and uh, on the very last day, there was this uh, little boy named Luis who I I was his best friend. Um, Natalie wasn't. I was. Um, <laughs> He said so, and I got to play with him a lot, but uh, on the, he likes us both. Um, on the very last day, um, he had really grown attached to me, and he would keep asking, when are you coming? Like, when are you coming back? And he would go, lunes, martes, miércoles, which is like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I was like, no, I, I, I'm not coming back, and um, that was really hard, but but the overall experience at Gabriel House was so awesome in how I realized, like, I want what these kids have with their caretakers, and I want that with my God, and just resting in them and completely trusting and totally surrendering him. Um, so the whole overall experience was super awesome, and I really loved it. I can't look over there. Everyone's like smiling at me. Good morning. Song, okay. Uh, my name is Savannah, for anyone who doesn't know me. 
Um, I use I grew up in this church for a while, but moved about four years ago. So I have been living over by Mission Springs for a while now. And so having been living far away, I haven't been able to make really great connections with people here just because of the distance. Um, so going to the trip, I was really excited thinking I was going to play with kids, um, but really worried at the same moment because I didn't know, well, am I going to have any friends? And so I had all these expectations, expectations of, yeah, I'm not going to have friends. Yeah, I'm going to just hang out with kids the whole time and whatever, you know. And instead, um, I actually was able to make tons of friends, and I was really stoked by that because my Ocho girls are amazing. And then, <laughs> and there's one girl in particular, Anya, who I got really close to by sitting on the rock and just spending all this sweet time at the sunsets with her and just re really being able to get close to her. Um, and it just amazes me how someone who's only 12 is just so, I don't know the word, but like, she just has a heart for God, and it's so amazing to see at such, such a young age. Um, so my other expectation of going on this trip was, hey, I'm going to prep to get all these crafts for these kids. And then I get to my site, and there are no kids. Um, <laughs> and I ended up doing a lot of construction, which was not what I wanted to do, and ended up doing electrical stuff and building walls and doing all the stuff with tile. And it was just it was something that was very different. <laughs> and um, so those were two, like, really huge expectations going on the trip. And God really was like, yeah, you want this, but this is what's really going to happen. Um, and then on Sunday, so I guess like two weeks ago from today, there, um, Jen Alexander and her husband were asking who wants to share their testimony at the church in Ensenada. And I was like, eh, I'll think about it. Like, I'm not, I didn't really think I was going to do it. Um, and I, then they never brought it up again. So I was like, cool, I'm off the hook. And then during the service, um, but before that I was thinking, I'll only do it if I get pushed by um, with Tony Alexander, and it never happened, and I was, like, stoked, and then they were like, okay, so can the people who are going to share come up, and I just hear, go up there, I'm like, no, <laughs> but I ended up speaking in front of all these people in a language I didn't know, and feeling so, I don't even know the word, like, it was just so scary to be able to go up there, but it was also a really, like, amazing experience to be able to share with other people, because, we might have a language barrier, but we really, we all love God the same way. And so that was really awesome to be able to worship with them. And they sing the same songs as us, just in a different language. Um, but I was able to say, I was talking a lot about how I came to faith and was just saying how God has a really special place for me in his heart and that he has never stopped fighting for me, even when I think he has. Um, and, of course, Pastor Carlos decided to embarrass me and tell everybody that quote in chapel. Um, not my proud moment of the whole trip. And then one night we were sitting at chapel and I was just having a really hard time and crying. And I was just like, I really wish like a leader, like in my head, I wasn't saying out loud, but I wish a leader would just come up and like pray for me because that's just what I really need right now. And instead my awesome 12 year old Anya came up and did it for me and I didn't even like prompt her to do it. Sorry. Um, so it was just really amazing to be able to see how God works through so many people, um, no matter who they are or their age. It's just really amazing to be able to see that. Um, one other thing that I forgot about is that through the whole trip, I lost my voice. Um, and it was total bummer because if anyone knows me, I talk a lot. <laughs> and so I was totally frustrated, but... It <laughs> But I really, um, looking back on it, and even at the end of the trip, I was able to realize that I lost my voice because God needed me to be able to listen 
and not be able to always speak, but to be able to get closer with my girls and be able to hear them and not always need to respond. Um, so that was like an experience that's not normal for me. And then at the end of the trip, I um, wasn't planning on being baptized. And I was really, really upset because Helen and Kristen couldn't come, and they're my leaders. And I just, I cried so much. I just wanted them there. And I just, I need to give a shout out to all the leaders because they are just so amazing. And um, they're there for you whenever you needed. So my leaders are praying to see if I was going to choose to be baptized. And I was like, I just I can't do it. And then I turned, and there they are. Like, Kristen, were right there. And so I was able to be baptized, which is really amazing. Um, and the last thing I just wanted to say is at the end of the trip, there was tons of rain. And it didn't put a damper on our mood at all. We were really able to still work and do stuff. But when we were driving home from Coronado, um, there was just a bunch of clouds and a ray of sunshine coming through. And I just looked over to my leader, Jen, and was just like, isn't it crazy how the sun is still able to shine through even when the darkness is trying to cover? Which really just relates to, you know, God is the sun, and he will always shine through no matter if you can see him or not. But the darkness will always try to cloud it. But God will always be there. Um, and in that moment, I opened up my Bible and found a verse. Um, well, like, I just opened it, and it was right there. And it was Psalm one twelve four through 7 and it just says even in the darkness light dawns from the upright for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous good will come to those who are generous and lend freely who conduct their affairs of justice surely the righteous will never be shaken they will be remembered forever they will be there will be no fear of bad news their hearts are steadfast trusting in the lord and just in that moment it was just the most perfect verse um and so overall on this trip god just showed me so much of you know, you might have these expectations, but I have greater things for you in store. You just need to be willing to do those things. So, yeah. You've been listening to the Peninsula Covenant Church Podcast. We're located at 3560 Farm Hill Boulevard in Redwood City, California. You can reach us online at www.peninsulacovenant.com.